Hello and welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap in which I, Janine Ryan, will tell you what you can expect from the 25 June issue of Farmers Weekly, which will be on shelf on 18 June. With me today is Farmers Weekly News Editor, Yolinda Schroeder. This week's issue includes a special focus on crop protection and skills development. The main article looks at integrated pest management and how a holistic approach to pest control is better for the long-term sustainability of your farm and the environment. Also included in the focus is an article on what South Africa's organized agriculture is doing to fill the critical skills gaps in the agri-sector, as well as an article on the most prominent and dangerous fungal maize and wheat diseases and how these can be controlled. Also on the cover this week is a story about how Naguni cattle have helped farmers in the Eastern Cape restore a rundown farm into a profitable venture. So what exactly is integrated pest management, Janine? Uh, So integrated pest management refers to a systems-based approach that is aimed at minimizing the use of chemicals while simultaneously maximizing plant health and environmental biodiversity. So this brings us to the first feature this week, which is the integrated pest management feature. And this looks at how you can foster a healthy ecosystem on your farm and what not to do in order to keep this ecosystem healthy and functional. Monocropping, for example, leads to the removal of various components of this ecosystem, particularly in light of climate change. Many insect species are able to survive adverse conditions and are highly adaptable to change, enabling them to increase their populations when conditions become suitable. The lack of balance caused by farming practice such as monocropping, says Dr. Astrid Jankelsen of the ARC, can result in insect pests becoming a serious problem. This could be because beneficial predator insects that keep pest populations under the damage threshold are missing from the agricultural system. And how exactly does cover crop systems help? So the opposite of monocropping is intercropping. And in these systems, insect populations are more diverse because of increased crop diversity. Insects included in the system perform diverse ecosystem functions, such as controlling pest insects, pollination, bioturbation which is restructuring sedimentary deposits and fertilization of the soil. While intercropping is all well and good for the sustainability of the environment, what does this mean for profitability? Well, you need not fear as sustainability equals profitability, says Jan Kilsen. When using an IPM system, so IPM system is integrated pest management system, a farmer's economic sustainability will increase because the need for expensive inputs such as pesticides will decline. Increased environmental sustainability, which often includes the use of cover crops and intercropping, also means continuous ground cover. This will reduce the occurrence of wind and water erosion, as well as increase the ability of the cropping system to use resources such as sunlight, water, and soil nutrients more effectively. This type of system includes insect-friendly plants, water crops, cover crops, and water reservoirs such as perennial plants, into which an annual row crop can be planted. So how do you get started with an intercropping system? Jankelsen says it's a good idea to start with a simple intercropping plan, such as including strips of cover crops within the cash crop field to attract beneficial insects. Other elements could be added later on, she says, such as perennial border crops of herbs and flowers that propel pest insects and provide beneficial habitats to support their natural enemies. In this way, the cropping system can gradually become more diverse. 
The choice of border plants depends on the cash crop, geographical location, and the insects that occur in the area. Good plants to choose a hardy, drought-tolerant um, perennials that will attract beneficial insects and repel pests. They should also have deep root systems that can accumulate potassium, phosphorus, and copper from the subsoil, and they must be useful as living mulch and cover crops in dry areas. The cover crop should be adapted and grow well in the area. Ideal plants will provide food and shelter for all life stages of beneficial organisms, suppress weeds, and grow in close proximity to the cash crop without competing for space, light, water, and nutrients. She also advises that the cover crop and cash crop occupy different above and below ground niches and complement each other, thereby increasing the cropping system's ability to capture and use resources efficiently. Legumes, clovers, and many herb species such as yarrow, fennel, tansy catnip, and African wormwood all fit these criteria. Um, but as I said before, it depends on the geographical location and the other insects that already occur in your area. Um, so now I'm going to move on to the livestock feature, which looks at a farm in Korea Do in the Eastern Cape. After moving from Pretoria to Nature's Valley to retire, Andre Hammond and his wife stumbled upon a neglected farm, which they decided to buy to use as a getaway place over the weekend. However, when Hammond's son Johan showed an interest in farming, Andre and Johan moved into the newly constructed shed on the farm to begin farming permanently. How did Andre overcome the fact that 70% of the farm is mountainous terrain? So Hammond says that in order to deal with this fact, he needed to farm a cattle breed that is well known for its adaptability. And this led him to the Naguni, as these animals also have a reputation for being able to maintain themselves well without constant inputs from the stock farmer. Hammond says that the Nagunis have adapted well to the terrain, selecting their favorite fambors and grasses for grazing. Today, he runs a herd of between 75 and 100 breeding animals with a total herd of around 200 animals. Uh, to the new cattle farmer, Hammond offers his advice. Buy as many animals as possible from one or two reputable sources as this avoids animals having to adjust to one another and reduces the risk of introducing new diseases into your herd. He says that even if you can't afford stud animals, you can still buy commercial animals from a stud breeder. It can happen that an animal is not stud classified or is deregistered for some reason, but it's still a high quality commercial Nagudi at a lower price. So let's now turn our attention to the news. Yolinda, what do you have for us? The big story of the week was the announcement by President Cyril Ramaphosa that the ceiling for the self-generation of electricity has been increased from one megawatt to 100 megawatts without needing a license from NERSA. Or oh, how will this benefit farmers particularly? Not having to apply for a license from NERSA will make it much easier to invest in alternative energy plants and still remain grid connected. According to IntelliDex though, although the higher ceiling is to be welcome, the real need for agricultural energy projects was, has more to do with reliability and wheeling regulations, which dictates how electricity is distributed and shared on a network. The other story that I'd like to highlight was the core um, to reopen abattoirs in KZN. There has been widespread testing of livestock in the areas in, in KZN that ha have been affected by the recent 
foot and mouth disease, and this is in an attempt to determine the extent of the outbreaks. Abattoirs and affected areas have also been closed, but Canal is now calling for them to be reopened. So is it fine to slaughter animals that are FMD-free? Yes, it is. And livestock producers need all the help they can get at the moment to carry on farming until this matter um, of the outbreaks have been resolved. Many small-scale feedlots cannot afford to keep livestock indefinitely, and they urgently need to sell the animals. The last little story is on a bit of a grim note. Um, the lives of skilled workers lost in the wool, wool industry due to COVID-19 has been a devastating blow for the industry. BKB said at the National Wool Growers Association re recent Congress in Port Elizabeth that this is a highly skilled industry and these people are irreplaceable. And that's me for the week. Okay, thank you, Linda. And that's it for this week. Remember to get your copy of the 25 June issue of Farmers Weekly on 18 June. And also remember to follow us on our social media platforms. Until next time, keep safe and warm and happy farming.